0: What is up? Coach Rutter here, and you are tuned into the Coach's Corner podcast. You could be anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that more than you will ever know. On this podcast, we talk about things that I've gone through in my real life, either myself personally or my 15 years in the Army and dealing with my soldiers, my 15 years as a juvenile corrections officer and my time as a semi-pro and high school football coach. Today we're going to talk about something that affects so many people in all walks of life, in all aspects, and literally could be something that the person you're sitting next to right now is dealing with and you would never know. The title of this podcast is How to Deal with Emotional Deficiencies or an Emotional Deficit. What we're really talking about here is burnout. We're talking about how burnout manifests itself and how stress can be attributed to that. Now, when we talk about things, we talk about, you know, men, I should say, we talk about them like these people who should have it all together, rough and rugged and straight-faced and showing no emotion. But in today's world, that's not always the case. When we talk about traumatic or mentally tiring events that occur, it does something to everyone that's very different. Um, I've heard it talk about um, stressing people out. I've heard it talk about, man, this really burns me out. And all those are just cliche little comments that people make, but the reality is is that every time a traumatic or mentally tiring event occurs to you it fills the cup up it fill it, you know it fills the filing cabinet and every time this event cur- occurs it pours more into your cup it puts more into your filing cabinet it tucks things away and every time it pours in it takes a toll on you by adding more and more to your plate and without the ability to be able to talk about whatever the stress is the addition of this tips the balance more and more every day. And when I'm speaking right now, I'm speaking directly to men. We're taught that we should be, um, you know, that stoic face. Like I was saying, you have to be the man of the house. You have to be in positive control of your physical and mental faculties at all point. That being the man of the house, you have to hold it together no matter the situation the money stress, the occupational stress, the family stress, all of that. And all of the outside factors in this world that move the needle into the area marked, that we have marked, I should say, um, as full. Now, what does that really truly mean? Every time something stressful adds one step into your mental staircase. One step to the top, one step to full. Your filing cabinet gets one more paper shoved inside of it and the drawer closed. Your cup fills one more drop up. All these little sayings, but they all mean the same thing. And for each one of us, that thing that fills the cup, that moves the needle, that you know takes the elevator to the top floor is different. And each of us knows what moves our needle, what moves our cup, what fills what we would deem to be it for us, what that is. For people, it's money stress. It's occupational stress. And we all have occupational stress. We all have family stress in some form or fashion. No one is exempt. As we start to go through the phases of burnout that occur They come from all of these different factors. Now, you can have stress and you can have these little factors from your home life. You can have them from your work life. You can have them from relationship issues. You can have them from financial issues, your car breaking down, you got terrible neighbors. Just about anything can be that catalyst that amounts the stress in your world. Now, let's talk about some phases of burnout. I know personally I've gone through burnout in my life. Mine was both in my personal life as well as my work life, just because in my work life it is a high-stress job at times, and um, you're dealing with the worst of humanity but in children, and um, at times it can be heavy. And burnout looks different for everyone. Burnout can be physical, mental, emotional. Now, what that is for each person is different. For me, it became more of a uh, physical. I was always tired. Uh, Mental, I was always been out of shape about something. Emotionally, I was just drained. I didn't have a lot of patience for people. Um and it really kind of made me lash out at people. It was the result of this unresolved stress from my cup being filled up, from one more paper being put into the file cabinet, one more step on the staircase. The symptoms usually include lack of motivation, lack of productivity, You'd be pessimistic about your job, your relationship, your family members, your money situation, where you live, what kind of car you drive, all the things that matter to you. You become pessimistic about them. Irritability with the people that are closest to you and detachment from those people. You alienate the people that are the closest. There's physical things that go on. People get sick. Emotional attachment issues, depression, anxiety, and then reduced performance in your home life, in your work life, any area of your life that requires performance is greatly diminished. And the stages of burnout look differently, but they typically go something like this. You have stage one, which is kind of the intermittent stress area. It's called the honeymoon phase. That's when you start to realize you feel a little bit stressed, but you think I can just deal with it. You think it's really not that big a deal. I'm just starting out doing this. I can manage this. Any of those are in the honeymoon phase. Stage two is what is called onset stress. This is where the person usually figures out how to sidestep their stress. And usually put some kind of negative um, coping mechanism, drinking, uh, wild personal behavior, uh, personality traits start changing. Who you are as a person starts to change. You have stage three, which is chronic stress, where everything stresses you out. Small tasks become overwhelming, and large tasks become unbearable. You have stage four, which is full burnout. This is where people continue at the point that they are where everything is very unlikely to be accomplished. You develop an escapist mentality, you become self-isolated, and you start neglecting all of the areas of your life that matter to you. And then you have stage five, that is habitual burnout. That is the final stage. And at this point, the systems and the symptoms, and when I say systems, I'm talking the sidestepping things, the, oh, it's not that bad, are so embedded into your everyday portions of your life that you experience things like depression, mental and physical fatigue, become sick, you completely withdraw from your social activities and your social groups and you become um, absent in your professional life and more importantly, your home life. Now, everyone knows people that go through these steps. For me personally, it was more on the professional side I was so irritated that the second my hand touched the door of the job, I became irritated. I became angry, and the second that anything occurred, it was full-on 100 miles an hour anger. Now, I should point out that there is 100% a difference between stress and burnout. All of us have gone through stress. And stress really can be a good thing in the right setting. Stress can be the thing that pushes you to do great you know, great things, to greatness. But if stress is constant, it can be overbearing. Stress involves the feeling of too much, too many pressures that demand too much resources from you too much of the time. We've all had stress in some capacity in our world. You know, work-related, money-related, money seems to be an issue with a lot of people. And personal relationship stress. Like, you feel like you just have too much on your plate all the time in all aspects of your life. Now, burnout, on the other hand, is the feeling of not enough. People that go through burnout generally feel a loss of hope. They've been doing the stressors so much and having so much failure, they constantly feel bombarded that the relief isn't there, the outcomes that they tried based on the amount of effort they give are not there. In reality, it's usually work-related more than home-life-related. Having said that, spouses do feel burnout, and that comes from the stress of the home, the feelings of having to do everything around the house, having no help from their partner, and that creates avenues of stress that are consistent with burnout. Constantly doing the same thing over and over and over and over again without any recognition, acknowledgement of effort. And not feeling like they're getting it done. Now, stress generally is a physical situation. You know, you just feel anxiety. Your heart beats fast when you got all these stressors in your world. You have uh, situations where you're at work and something stressful happens. Your heart you know, beats fast, and you kind of get a little bit sweaty. And you, you know, you work hard, and in the end, things work out. Burnout is often in between your eardrums. So how do you deal with burnout? Well, in the military, they teach us the three R's. That's recognize, reverse, and resilience. Recognize is you have to watch for the warning signs that burnout is coming. You have to know and have to listen to people who want to help you and who see you in your moment and see you In that time where things are not going well for you, that reach out to you and just say, man, you're just not yourself. Is everything okay? You have to be okay with being like, nah, man, I'm stressed to the max. Well, here, let me help you out. You have recognized. Someone else has recognized. Someone else is there to help you. Number two, you have to reverse once you realize things and you recognize that the stress and this burnout is on is onset, you have to seek help from friends. You have to seek the help from your spouse. You have to find professional people, either your boss, a coworker that you trust, or counselors that can help you to reverse the damage, to undo the damage that has been started. And number three, you have to take back the care of your health both mental and physical, by building up your everyday resilience, your everyday resistance to what is going on. Remember we talked earlier about the systems that are in place, to sidestep things, the things you do, the doping down of things by drinking, by doing drugs, by disengagement. When you're in this building your resilience phase, You have to do the exact opposite, more engagement with family, more engagement with friends, less drinking. Try not to use the drugs. Now, I'm not talking medication prescribed to you from your doctor that could help you with your mental situation. I'm talking about the street drugs. You as a person, I'm going to speak to men right now, you have to be okay to reach out to the people that are closest to you. You have to be okay with saying you're not okay. And I know that's turned into like a social media hashtag. It's okay to not be okay. And you see that and you just kind of roll your eyes and you think, cool, more social media nonsense. But that's not really true. You have got to be okay with the fact that you're not okay. And you have to be okay with the fact that it is time to start moving the needle in the right direction. When you can, you need to be social as much as possible with people that you want to be around. You have to disengage yourself from the negative. You have to build vents into your life. And what is vents? For me personally, I sit on the back deck with my wife every night. Sometimes we talk. Sometimes we just sit there. I play on my phone. I smoke cigars. If I'm not on the 75 hard program, I might have a drink. Now you say, but you just said, when I say I have a drink, I sit there with my cigar and I might have a little bit of alcohol every once in a while. It's not an everyday occurrence for me. You have to build new or rebuild support systems in your world. These are the sidestepping the drinking to to inebriation. This is the sidestepping using street drugs to the point where you can't manage. This is the rebuilding of the communication lines with the people that matter to you. You have to be able to reevaluate your priorities that caused the stress that led to your burnout. And you have to be okay to be able to open up when you see the problems arise. I know as men, we're told we have to be stern-faced, stoic people that are not emotional. It's okay to talk. It's okay to confide in people that you trust in your world. Women, same goes for you. As women, you know, talking to, you know, the people that I know in my world, they said they were always told that the women have to be the strong ones to hold the family together. They have to be the ones that get kids to places and deal with the finance and house stuff and laundry and cooking meals and all of this other stuff. So this goes for you as well. Burnout can happen no matter if you're a man or a woman. And you have to be okay talking to the people that matter to you and voicing your opinion, voicing your concern and telling them that I'm not okay. Telling them that this is what is going on. And they have to be okay with what you have to say and be willing to help you find solutions and put the rebuilding of support systems back into your world. I know this has been kind of a long podcast today. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great Monday and we'll see you soon.